What's up, world? Welcome back to another edition of Jay's World. This is what obedience looks like. I do not want to do this episode. I'm not looking forward to it, but here it is. Throughout my travels to Laredo, Huntsville, West Palm Beach, Atlanta, of course, Nashville's home, three of my pastors have had to bury their very own children. Relatives have unexpectedly lost their own children. And of course, several of my friends have lost their own children. We expect to bury our parents, but unless your child is born with a birth defect or a rare disease, you don't plan on burying your children. But life happens and life goes on. But it'll never be the same for parents in this club, a club they did not ask to join. Coming up on this episode, parents who have suffered unimaginable loss. Thanks for listening to Jay's World Podcast. Jay's World is brought to you by 5G Media and Gilmore Financial Services. Do you need your taxes done? Contact GFS at Gilmore Financial Services at Comcast.net. Jay's World rolls on with four spectacular people I've had the opportunity to know for a long time. All four of these guest members I've known for about 20 plus years since I was a student at Middle Tennessee State University for the, mo- for the most part. Uh, the person I've known the longest, his name is Aaron. Aaron's out of Nashville and Aaron has suffered some loss. His 18 year old son, Grant, passed away last summer. Uh, not talking about that right now, talking about in general, Aaron, how are you doing, sir? Well, considering the circumstances, doing okay. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into more about that uh, uh, as we go. But, uh, but literally today I've, I've been seeing a, a counselor for, because I was actually with my son the day of the accident. So um, that adds another element to what I have gone through. Not that we all haven't gone through horrible things, but it, 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 it's a, it is something else to deal with. Um, and that trauma counselor who does EMDR has been helping. It's a form of therapy and, and it, it does help. So around the same time I met Aaron, I met two women from Priest Lake Community Baptist Church in Antioch, Tennessee is where I gave my life to Christ around my junior year of college. And uh, one of those people, Olivia, Olivia lost her 25 year old son, Marcus. Olivia, how are you this evening, ma'am? I'm doing just fine, Jay. Thank you so much for joining us. and. Like I said, I met her at Priest Lake. I also met Keela. Keela is busy these days and um, her son's name, Kareem. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Keela, how are you this evening? I am well, Jay. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're here. Good to see you. And last but not least, from Laredo, Texas, Martha, I call her Marty. Martha <laughs> Bondock, how are you, Marty? You doing all right? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Blessed beyond what I deserve. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Marty, uh, Marty and I have known each other since around 2001, 2002. Her son uh, passed away at the age of 18 about a year ago. Um, and I'm going to talk to these four parents who have suffered loss. And I'm going to start with Aaron because Aaron, I had a chance to watch the ceremony, the funeral online. And what I gathered from that is it was therapeutic for you and it was therapeutic for your wife. Um, I know about your speaking background, but you never had to talk about something like that. I'm not asking about the funeral. I'm asking about since then, what does it mean to you to talk about Grant? Um, I'm proud of him. Um, I was, the, the week of his accident was, um, you know, both the hardest week of my life, but at the same time, the things I was hearing about him that I didn't know um, helped me so much. Um, and I'll be honest, I knew, I knew, I knew very quickly where he was. And I felt, I felt good about him being in heaven and in, and not hurting and not uh, in a, you know, I, I knew where he was. And, and so while um, I can talk about him, I've talked about that day. I've talked about the accident. I'm a big believer in talking about it instead of keeping yes. it all in, because I know a lot of people keep things in. And if you keep it in, that's what will kill you. Um, and, and, and while our, suffering here on earth um 
seems like a long time to us. It's not eternity, and this is going to go in the blink of an eye, and I'm going to be back with him sooner, mm-hmm. sooner than we know. Amen, amen. Nakila, your son Kareem, you know, he was taken away before his 19th birthday. And since we're being honest here on Jay's World, I know that's a memory you've tried to forget, haven't you? Well, in a way, Jay, but if I can be honest with you, I like to relive it a lot for other parents who have lost their children. And just as Aaron was saying, I know where Kareem is and I can remember, I can remember that night very well. My son was murdered and, and he was a good kid. And what I really remember the most is the day that he walked out of the house, he was headed to work. And I can remember looking at him and I can remember his last phone calls. Um, But I love to share his life to people. I love to share his life with other parents who have gone through similar things such as I have. But like Aaron says, you know, we'll see him again. We will see him again. Now he can't come to me. The Bible says he can't come to me, but I'll be able to go to him one day. So it's kind of bittersweet. I can remember if I may say this, I can remember at one time contemplating, even though I am in Christ, I can remember at one time contemplating suicide. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. And especially when they know you're in Christ, the first thing they think is, how can you even begin to allow your mind to go in that that direction? But when you have a loss of a child, there is is a pain that you have never felt before, especially mothers. And I'm sure, Olivia, you you can contest to that. And it's almost like it's a part of, of you dying. And I'm sure you feel the same way, Aaron. And I don't want to hog up the time, so I'm going to leave it right there. But I will tell you this. During that time in my darkest hours, the Lord gave me a scripture. And in the scripture, it tells us that we never, you know, we don't think about when he come and get the righteous, how the righteous perish. And it also tells us that He comes to get them to save them from the evil of the world to come. That's what has really helped me during this time. I appreciate you sharing. I will tell all of you this. um, We are under zero time constraints. Um, I want you to get things off of your chest in terms of talking. Don't feel like you have to stop to appease me. Uh, when you feel like stopping, that's when you stop. Olivia, I want to come to you now because you decided to pray on it when I asked you to come join us. Um, and I'm grateful that you responded to me and said, I'm in. What made you say yes? Actually, um, the Lord had already prepared me for this. Um, it was, I would say, about a, a year or two ago, my manager had came to me and she told me, she said, Olivia, she said that I had a dream. She said, and I dreamed that you were speaking about Marcus. Okay. Wow. Um, and I know the Lord works in mysterious ways. Okay. I know that I've seen him. Uh, so I had to, I had to pray to make sure, you know, because, you know, dreams can go either way, you know what I mean? So, and he told me, he said, yes, this is what I want you to do. Share with other parents out there who has lost 
who has experienced the loss and to let them know that Jesus is a comforter. He will comfort you. And that's exactly what he did for me and my family because my uh, Marcus was the baby of the family. So, and you know how he was so precarious. So just, <laughs> you just did not know what Marcus was going to do. Okay? <laughs> right? You just did not know. So funny young uh, man, and, funny young uh, man. And one of the things, you know, when he gave his life to Christ uh, and became a minister, you know, that was that that's the mother's great joy to see that. And um, he's the one that actually brought me to Christ. He's the one that actually brought me to church. Okay. So <laughs> that, that is, and, and trust me, he, he was by no means a saint. Okay. By no means. But um, he was my baby. I miss him. And I pray that this platform will be able to help someone else out there that's going through that there is hope, okay? Um, we all have a story here and I pray that someone will receive what we are saying. It's not easy. We know it's not easy. This is not, in, and, and so if, if, if someone is thinking that we, we look like that we are, we got this thing solved. We don't, we do not have this solved. It's a day-to-day day -day process, minute-by-minute minute process. You know, um, anything can, can, can relive it, okay? Anything, television, a message from a friend, you know, or, you know, you have your loved ones who's also dealing with this. Okay, my, my sisters, very close. I mean, they were Marcus' second mom, okay? They could not, they just could not grasp what happened so suddenly, you know? So this is by no means an easy thing. It's a day-to-day -day process. And if it wasn't for my faith in the Lord to get me through, and I too, Keila, contempt uh, had uh, thought about suicide the pain was so horrible it was so it was so hurtful I, I didn't want to go on but he brought me people he brought me mothers he brought me people who have went through the same thing that I went through I prayed my church family was there for me you know Kayla was there you know, so um, he, he talked me off the ledge, you know, he talked me off the ledge. Yes, he did. I, um, I don't know how. I don't know how good of an idea asking you guys to do this episode is. It's not easy, but it helps. As Keila and Olivia both said, um, I was blessed in that two fathers reached out to me literally either the day of or the day after my son's accident. And one of them had just lost his son in May and my son's accident was in July. The other father had just lost his son in December. So it had only been about eight months for him. And I can tell you that, and, and I heard it just now from Keila and Olivia, and, and is that um, you, it's hard to comprehend what it's like unless you are a parent who's lost a child. It's, it's different from what I've told, what I've been told, because um, it, it's different than any kind of other loss. And, and, uh, my kids, both of my children have been my life um, above everything else. Um, and I didn't realize that maybe I, you know, I, 
I don't know that all dads are that way, but, but I lost my father in Vietnam when I was seven months old. He was shot down and killed when I was seven months old. So I never knew my birth father. Um, my mom remarried a guy who raised me and was has been great and is still a part of my life. But I think because I lost my father and never knew my birth father, it made me want to make sure that I was close to my children. So um, while these discussions are not easy, it's okay. It's, it's helpful to have not easy discussions. Um, and and the, the fathers who talk to me about, the, about what they've gone through, it's okay. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to cry. Um, I know a lot of men don't want to cry in, in front of people, but it's okay. I mean, I've cried in front of a lot of people <laughs> and I make no bones about it. It's okay. Um, but not talking about it is worse than talking about it. And, um, and, and so like Olivia said, if, if us doing this and if it can touch one person who's going through what we're going through, whether it's now or a year from now or six months from now, um, then, then it's important, I think, for us. Obviously, it touched our hearts for us to do it, and, and I'm thankful that you asked. And I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm a proponent to, to reach out to people who've lost children and, and talk to them, too, because um, it, it, it's not easy, and you never get over it from what I've told, been told, but talking to others about it and talking about our children and talking about what we are going through as parents um, can help ourselves as well as others. Good stuff, good stuff. Marty, you know, I think I talked to you the most between you four people here on this screen. Um, I appreciate our conversations, I really do. Um, but I wanna ask you, and I also know what time of year it is for you in your life. Um, you know, how have you managed to get out of the bed day in and day out this last year? Well, <laughs> It's hard. It's, it's very hard. Um, but, you know, I've got a little angel there that keeps saying every day, get up, don't stay in bed. Don't, um, I mean, taking the breath in the morning is hard. Um, and it's like they said, you know, everything's a trigger. Everything, everything's a trigger. Um, sorry I too um thought about taking my life because it's like they said that pain it's physical pain it's not like you know you watch a movie and you cry or you know you go to somebody's funeral and you cry you feel it but this just goes so deep and it's like I try to explain to people it's like getting hit with a bat across the chest. You know, it's hard to breathe. It's hard. It's, it's actual physical pain. Um, but um, every morning, you know, I get up, I pray. Um, I do things because I know that he wouldn't want me to stay in bed. Um, I know that he'd expect me to get up and, you know, work with the dogs and work on the plants and work on the yard and clean the pool. And, and so I do all the things that he was used to me doing, but it's, it's, you have to force yourself to do stuff, all kinds of everything, everything you really have to force yourself to do. The only thing I don't force myself to do is go to church because that has been, I have broken down at church <laughs> all the time. Um, but that has been my, my strength. It's just what, what has gotten me through. And I too, um, I knew before it happened, um, I had dreams. Um, and you know, you don't want them to be real. You think, okay, I just had the worst nightmare. But then when the red nightmare becomes a reality, it's, it's tough. It's tough. But, you know, you just learn to live you don't learn to live with it. You just learn to work through it every day. I guess it's as best as I can explain. You just learn to, to deal with it, you know? Talking helps, talking about him helps. Um, 
crying helps, believe it or not. I find myself that when, you know, I have those down days and I just, yes, I'll lay in bed and I'll cry for a while or I'll cry myself to sleep. I feel much better for several days, but then it just, it just hits you again. And it's just a constant, constant. Keila, I've been having a um, crappy couple of days at the workplace. And um, <laughs> there's absolutely no comparison comparing that to real life issues. Um, what type of perspective has this given you? And when you have a crappy day at the workplace, I mean, me not having suffered the loss you've suffered, I see a person who could be a duck and let it roll right off their back because you have suffered <laughs> the most devastating loss that you could suffer. So what the hell is gonna happen at work that's really gonna shake me? You know what I'm saying? Well, let me let me just let me just say this. First of all, you know. Uh, well, you know, and uh, Olivia knows, but I, uh, I work with I work with children, mm. and we all know now how th this generation is. And it it was a time that I used to drive a school bus, and what? And I'm getting to your question. When Kareem was murdered, I never used the phrase, my son died. Mm. I used he was murdered. Mm. Because I had to get that in my spirit that he, he didn't just lay down and die. He wasn't in an accident. My son was murdered. His life was taken by another child's hand. So what I started to do is I, I put my child's um, obituary on the bus for children to see it. Yeah. And my son was murdered by gang members. Yeah. And when they would look up and they would see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Pruitt, they would ask me, who was he? And that opened the door for me to get in and for me to talk to them about gang violence. So when I'm having hard days, oftentimes it never fails. The Lord puts a child on my path for me to talk to. And I tell them a, a story about this little boy named Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Pruitt. And I told them why I named him that name because his name meant honorable, noble servant. I didn't just want to put any old name on my children. And uh, Kareem was very special. So I began to tell other, my kid was murdered by uh, uh, a gangster disciple. So when I began to meet gangster disciples, I began to tell them the story about Kareem. And I also began to tell them that this is not real. And I, I have brought a couple in. It wasn't me, it was the Lord. The Lord allowed all of this to happen to me so that I could be a mouthpiece for these kids who are out here now killing each other. And I have to bring it home to them real about how the parent lay in the bed and cry. As you were saying, Martha, it doesn't have to be a murder. When, a, when we lose our kids, we do that. And I remember, and I tell them about the time that I get my son's tennis shoes that he had on when he was murdered and I just smell them. As a matter of fact, when Kareem was murdered about uh, two days after his funeral, they had me at church to speak to the youth. And I brought in his bar soap. I brought in his toothpaste, his toothbrush. Jay, I don't know if you were there. And I brought in his hairbrush. And I brought in the tag that was on his 
on his on his leg. And I asked them, I said, what's your number? And I used to ask people, what's your number? And I would tell them what my son's number was, the one that the coroners gave him. So when I have hard days, you know, sometimes I do. I think of Kareem, as a matter of fact, now I have him on my, on my screen, on, on my telephone. So I see him all the time. Not to mention when I look in the in the mirror, I see him. But I can make it. If I made it through that, I can make it. Because God has brought me through that for me to go now and to tell other people about it and allow them to know there's truth into in my weakness, this strength is made perfect. If I'm remembering correctly, yeah. you also did something with the truck he was driving, didn't you? I did. For his funeral, normally people have uh, limousines. And that's not, I didn't want his funeral to be a pretty funeral because that's not what it was about. I wanted them to look at this and know that gang violence is real and that it hurts. So for his funeral, instead of me riding in a big limousine, uh, we had one and, and uh, his, his siblings rode, but what we done was we pulled the car that my son was murdered in, we pulled that car to the funeral and we brought it to the church and we put it on exhibit and it had the, the bullet holes in the car along with, uh, you know, the blood. And we wanted them to see that it was real. It was real. It wasn't like cartoons, you know. They shoot up a car and you get up and you walk away from it. This thing was real. And I put it on exhibit for them to see it. I think that's a, I just want to compliment you on that. That's a, that's a, that's a, not an easy thing to do, but it shows how you, are trying to impact others to hopefully not, you know, have that happen to someone else. And I, I just want to say that's a, I commend you highly for doing, doing that. that. I know that was not easy, but that was, I'm sure it impacted somebody, even if it impacted one kid that made a difference, you know? Yeah, I took pictures of him from the coroner's office and, uh, and showed them. I want them to know that this is really ugly. You're listening to Jay's World Podcast. You can email the show and suggest topics for an upcoming episode. Email Jay at j.gilmore at memphis.edu. Olivia, um, two of my younger brothers, two of my younger brothers drive 18 wheelers these days. What do you think about when you hear that? You know, when he first got his CDL license, well, first of all, when he first decided to be a truck driver, you have to understand, I, my family, I come from a, a line <clears throat> of truck drivers. My father, my grandfather, um, my ex-husband, well, you know, Scotty was a truck driver at one point. The job that I do is in trucking. So it's pretty much in our family, okay? And it, although my sister wanted him to be a professor or whatever, okay, <laughs> this is what he wanted to do. She tried to get him in college. She tried to, and I told her, I said, that's not what he wants. That's what he wanted to do was drive a truck. And it was so funny because when he, when he finally got his CDL license, the, the, the mothers at the church was terrified. Okay, Gina and, you know, and mother um, Skates and mother Freelix, you know, they were like, oh, my baby, my baby, you know. And Marcus always looked like he was 17 years old. He, even when he was 20, 
21, 22. He always looked, okay, much younger. So needless to say, whenever he would go to the fuel islands to, to uh, fill up his, his truck, they would always ask him for his, you know, where's your father? Wow. Where's your father, right? And so, and you know how sometimes Marcus can be arrogant <laughs> and he'll be like, my father. And then he'll, you know, whip out his card. This is my truck. <laughs> so I, I, when I see that, I know that that was something that he loved to do. You know, the Lord took him in the midst of what he loved to do. Okay. I was not, I was not fearful for him. Okay. Because I knew who had him. All right. The first job that he got, the first load that he got was up in Montana. Mm. And it snowed. Mm. All right. <laughs> and the second job that he got, the second load that they gave him was like in Chicago or something. And it was always some, somewhere that snow, ice, but the Lord kept him and brought him home. Okay, so no, I was not worried because I knew who had him. So when we got the call, I was sewing, making costumes, you know, and I saw the car, the police car, and there was a, a black car um, behind it, pull up in the, in the front of our house. So I'm thinking that somebody has been pulled over in front of our house. So I'm not even, you know, and then it's like, 10 o'clock at night, right? And I'm like, wow, somebody just got pulled over, you know? So I went back to sewing and I heard the door, the doorbell. And um, um, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't go down cause Scotty took care of it. You know, he answered the door. And, and, um, and so I would say about 30 minutes later or so, he, um, he came up to the sewing room and, um, and he said that you need to come downstairs, you know? And I'm like, what are you talking about? What, what are you, you know, go downstairs for what? You know, I got, did, I got a deadline. Did you say you 30 know? minutes later? Hmm? Did you say 30, uh, 30 minutes, minutes later? 30 okay. minutes later. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, so... I told I went downstairs with them reluctantly because I had a deadline of costumes, okay? Right. <laughs> and um, and so and and he 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 looked at me and he said, um, the police and the chaplain just left. And I said, okay, and you know, and he said, Marcus isn't coming home. I said, what are you talking about? I don't, what are you talking about? Marcus isn't coming home. He said he was in an accident and he's not coming home. And I told him, I said, you're lying. You're lying. I just talked to him earlier today that he was coming home. He was on his way home because he wanted some of my pork chops. Um, he said that he's coming home. He said, mom, I'm on my way home because I know you got that those pork chops ready for me. And those cream potatoes. I said, baby, they'll be ready. And 
So. After um, after the initial shock of that, you go into the mode of preparing, and that's that's me. That's how I am. I'm a I'm a preparer, an organizer. Okay, so I'm like okay, okay. Okay, you know, you start, okay, now what's next? And so we call the, um, the sheriff department to find out what's going on, you know, where do we, what do we do next, pretty much. And then you think about who you're going to call, you know, who, call, who, who, who gets the call first, you know, who do you call first? You know, my parents are deceased. So who do you call first? And that's, anyway, um, and, and again, you know, you find out where is he, what happened? And he was on I-71 in Odom, Kentucky. He was coming around a curve that did, he did not have, it was a, it's a real dangerous curve. That's what the officer said. And he, uh, there, there had been a, a prior accident earlier that day and he swerved to miss the car that was kind of out in the interstate. And he went over an embankment. But see, God was even in the midst of that. Because I believe, my belief is, is that he took him before he went over the embankment. Okay. And what he left for us, his body. My son was carrying a... Um, 40 pound payload, he was fully loaded. When he went over the embankment, he did not project out of the windshield. He was intact in the cab of the truck. He had no scratches on him. He had, it was like he was asleep, guys. And you tell me that ain't God. Wow. And you tell me that ain't God. Okay. Wow. You understand what I'm saying? And that's, that's, I mean, even the cab of the truck was intact. Wow. Okay. That's why we could have an, an open funeral where people could say their goodbyes. Why? All right. So even even in the in the midst of all of that the EMTs who was on on site what are the odds that they would contact Marcus sister online because she had posted his death online later on that day and the EMT who was there on site saw it and instant messaged her and told her, I was at the site. I'm the one that pulled your brother out of the truck and he did not suffer. So tell me God wasn't in the midst of that. Amen. Okay. The day of his funeral, I went to my pastor and I said, Pastor, I will be singing in the choir. I will not be sitting out here with my family. I will be singing in the choir, giving praises to God for what he has done. This, I will see him one day. I will see him one day. Aaron, did your bride sing last July? She did sing on stage um, during the 
during the uh, ceremony. Yeah, we actually both spoke. I, I will say um, there were a lot of speakers, as you may recall. I, 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 know, I know the Lord was working all week, the entire week, and, and since then, honestly. But um, um, as somebody else mentioned, I can't remember who it was, uh, the things that I was hearing about my son positively impacting other kids his age um, made me want to be a better person, even than what I, I mean, I try to be okay, but like, I was like, man, I got to take it to another level. Like he impacted so many people that I didn't even know he impacted and, and the kids, his friends and teammates and things that got up on stage and spoke, I, I know it wasn't a coincidence. I know the Lord was working because not, none of us totally broke down. Like we might have a pause here or something like that, but it, it was extremely unusual for, I mean, it was amazing to me that so many kids wanted to get up and talk. Kids that are, you know, 17, 18, 19. Mo most kids that age don't even want to mess with a funeral, let alone get up and talk in front of a big crowd. And, and, and not one of them, everybody made it through it. Uh, I couldn't believe that my ex-wife was able to, Sing. Uh, I, I, well, I, actually, I take that back. I, I thought she would have a better, I thought she'd have a better chance of singing than speaking because she can, that's her better way to communicate, honestly, in, in, a, in an emotional situation. But uh, the Lord was working that day, all that week. It made me want to be a better person. It wanted me to try to help. And I, I was wanting to try to help the kids that were suffering, his friends, so many of his friends. Um, I wanted to try to help them. I, I, um, um, and, and the Lord was definitely working in numerous ways all that week and through the ceremony that we could all make it through and, and say the things that we wanted to say to honor, to honor my son, you know, um, and, and there, and people are still doing it. It's, 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 it's truly been humbling and, um, and, and, and blown me away the, the the impact that he had on kids and kids wanting to remember and honor him still even this week and it happened in july i've had you know kids that he played with in baseball two two college kids just posted yesterday they they changed their numbers to his number and posted it yesterday um number 11 another, a kid at another school changed his number to his number at another high school, another senior, because my son should be a senior in high school right now. And, and, and somebody else mentioned earlier things, you know, this is the first year for me. And so he was supposed to be a senior in high school. So we're supposed to be getting ready for prompt. Well, actually he's getting, he should be getting ready for baseball season, just finishing basketball season. And, and so there's all these different things that come along that make you, that bring things up as, as everybody has mentioned, there's always triggers. something that comes up. I mean, Those this morning and, and, and I love Facebook, but sometimes something pops up in the morning from four years ago, it happened this morning where he and I were at a, at a baseball event where he was, it was a showcase and, and it popped up as four years ago today. That happens all the time or a text from somebody or a picture from um, my sister's basketball team. That's playing for a state championship tomorrow. That uh, they, they got, they got shirts about going to state and she let the players decide what they want to put on the back. And they put LLGS on their shirts, which is love like Grant Solomon. And he didn't even go to their school, but it's, they play for his aunt. And uh, they did that this week and they're going to play for a state championship tomorrow. So um, his, you know, all of our children's legacies will live, um, obviously with us, but, and, and others as well. And, and the way that Keila is, has been using the way that, you know, and even with what happened to him, it was, it, it, it God chose hit your son to, to be shot that night. And, and we don't know why, except maybe he, he wanted you to do the things that you have done to try to impact other kids, you know? And, and so I, I truly believe that, that God is using our children in ways to help others or do unto others, even when our children are in heaven and not here with us. Um, 
I'm a big believer of that. I, I believe that's going on. Marty, we're going to wrap up here shortly. Um, what have you learned about yourself doing um, during the last year in terms of something you may not have known three years ago? What have you learned about yourself throughout this process? Well, there's a lot, you know, that I, I'm sure that we all have learned. Um, I think it's more of the strength that I, you know, people would always say, oh, you're so strong and you're so this and you're so, you know, and I don't mean physically strong, <laughs> right? but, you know, um, as a matter of fact, my, my, my son, I just drove him to Colorado this Sunday and he said, you know, some people always say, oh, I want to be a strong woman, especially women, you know, I want to be a strong woman, a strong, independent woman. And he says, but everybody that says it, you know, they, they don't really know what they're asking. He go, and he told me, he says, because you are the most strongest independent woman that I know. He goes, and every woman I meet, they always say, oh, I want to be a strong independent woman. And I always compare them to you. <laughs> and I want to say is strength because, you know, not only do I have to carry myself, but you know, I have two other kids that are also struggling with the loss. So. And grandchildren. And grandchildren. Yeah. Well, the little one doesn't, they're running around. I'm sure you can hear them. <laughs> um, but the older one, as a matter of fact, the older one did ask and she said, you know, cause we told her, you know, Matthew went to heaven and, uh, you know, she was six at the time. And just a couple of weeks ago, she says, you know, Matthew must really like it in heaven. And I said, well, what do you mean? Why do you ask? He just never came back. But I guess I want to say strength. The strength that I didn't really know I had. Um, and it's not mine. You know, it comes from above. Um, but it's, it's, it's that. And like, you know, and like, you know, one of the other ladies said, it's just talking to other people that have, recently struggled with a loss of a child um i mean because i can go through a conversation with somebody and and encourage and you know and and i'm fine but 10 minutes later i get home and i just have my breakdown mm -hmm. but i want to say it's strength it strengthened my faith i mean it was already strong it just solidified it you know 100 times fold um I would say that's, 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 that's the biggest, biggest, I mean, it's my strength, the strength that I didn't know was in there that just came out, not just for me, but to help others as well. My mother um, died earlier this year and um, I was preparing for her to go away. Been preparing for a while. Um, I moved her into my house in January under hospice care. And I didn't know the day or the time that she was going to die, but I knew she was going to die. And I, I had a timetable. I did have a timetable. Um, and my mother had one as well. She um, had a hospice nurse stop by every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And week two of being at my house, um, on Wednesday, this hospice nurse said, bye, Miss Maddie. I'll see you on Friday. And my mother said, I hope not. <laughs> oh, man. My mother died Friday morning at seven o'clock in the morning. And the nurse was supposed to be there at nine o'clock. Uh, um, wow. And I knew on that Thursday night, I knew that Thursday night, after she said on Wednesday morning, I hope not. I knew that she was going to die that Friday. Um, I knew. So when I think about you guys, I think about not knowing and that devastation. 
And to me, that's where the devastation comes because hell, we're we're going to die. Right. So to me, the not knowing the you're joking, right? Like you're lying. Like this ain't no what? No, that did not just happen. I just talked to him. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you wake up and you're 18 and you're healthy, and it's <laughs> there is no heart condition, there is no breast cancer, there right. is no failing heart. Um, that is where I see the de- devastation. So me, you know, I think I and. I may or may not owe Aaron an apology, but I vividly remember early, early in the morning driving in July, and I, I found out that a young man I met umpiring baseball four or five years ago passed away. And that young man actually had an impact on me because he was, did Grant play catcher? He, he, I feel like he caught, if he didn't catch that game, he talked to me at the plate. So yeah. at, at oh, the- he talked to everybody. I mean, he talked to the catcher, the ump, the other coach, the other first baseman. He talked to everybody. He talked on the basketball court. He'd be getting, he'd be banging around with somebody on the basketball court and then be talking to him on the free throw line. Did he know? catch it? Did he catch any games three or four years ago? Uh, was it a preseason game? Because he typically wasn't a catcher, but he might have had to one game. I know he did one game before we. It was a we did one scrimmage game at our place at our at our place, and he he had to catch um, because our catcher both of our catchers were out. Well, a, a game yeah. is ladies. A baseball game is a could be a boring two hours, right. and it was about an hour and 30 minutes before I realized or before I found out who this young man's daddy was. And his daddy was a guy who I worked with at Channel 4 in Nashville. And I was just so impressed with the young man before I found out his last name and who he was. Um, So when I got the news, knowing that he was vibrant and healthy, I broke down crying and I called Aaron and I thought it would be smart to leave a voice message, which I think is dumb as hell now. No, not at all, man. I think it's dumb because I just, when my mother dying, there's certain phone calls I didn't want to deal with. And I told Marty this, like, don't, don't come my way with all that. Like, I I just felt like in the moment, there was no thought process. I, I dialed your number and the voicemail picked up. I don't even leave messages. I left a message that morning and I immediately felt like that's, that's not smart. So as we close, Keela, and there were some- Oh, and by the way, just Jay, I don't, I, none of you probably know this, but we were, you were talking about baseball. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm 5'8", 160. My son is 6'3", 210. His accident makes absolutely no sense except that God said it's time for you to come home because the rest of the accident makes absolutely no sense. But ironically, we had just pulled into a baseball training facility. We drove separately and I met him there. We were at a place to, for him to work on baseball. And, 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 and he got out of his truck. I I didn't see all of it. Um, um, but I look over and I see that he had just gotten out of his truck and we were on an inclined parking lot. And um, I looked down because I got a work email and I wanted to make sure it wasn't important because it was a Monday morning. Uh, We were early. We weren't even running behind. And I could tell that he was going to open up his back door and get his baseball bag out with all his stuff. And when I looked back up, he and the truck were not there. And, uh, I looked back and the truck had rolled backwards down and in the incline of the parking lot down a steep ditch and settled in the ditch. So I hop out of my car. I'm, I run around my car expecting to see him lying on the ground. Like maybe the truck knocked him down. I don't see him lying on the ground and my heart sinks. My legs get weak. I start walking towards the truck. I, I look through the windshield thinking maybe he jumped in to stop it. Cause I, to me, I, I, I guess the truck, I don't know exactly how, but it rolled backwards. Um, and, and I looked down and he's trapped underneath it. So somehow he had gotten 
either behind it or on, and it drug him down and pretty much killed him instantly. And, and, and I know that, that a couple of you have talked about when you, when you found out literally today, I, I had a counseling session with the, the woman that's working with me on that day. And today we worked on the moment where I'm, I'm the only, I'm the only person in the hospital and they've been, they took him to the hospital to work on him. And, and I, and I'm sitting there with the chaplain and the doctor comes in and tells me they could, that they could never bring him back. Um, that is, that is every parent's worst fear, every parent's worst nightmare. You never think you are going to be the one that gets that call or the police officer at your front door or whatever the scenario is that each of us got the news. Um, and it's, 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 it's not, it's not good. It's not good. Um, but I just wanted to say it was ironic that it happened at a place where we were about to go practice baseball. Cause that was his deal. He was going to play college baseball and, um, always trying to get better. And, um, and, and, and I, and, and people will come up to us and I'm sure the, other, the, the mothers have, people come up and say, you know, I don't know what to say, or I don't know what to do. And, and it's okay. It's, it's, it's okay. Like, you feeling bad for leaving a message? Don't leave. Don't feel bad about leaving a message. I was that day. We we between me and my ex-wife, we had made it. We had publicly asked for prayers, so a lot of people knew that something was up, that there was an accident, and then it got out. I don't know how it got out pretty quickly that he had passed, and so there were there were a lot of responses. There were people calling and texting, and 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 as and as one of the other mothers, you you get busy. As Olivia said, you get all of a sudden. From when it happens, then all of a sudden you gotta get ready for a funeral, and, and it's just like and and write an obituary about your son. We sat down and we like you gotta write an obituary for your child. That's something that we and you're not. I'm not ready to write something about myself. Like where am I going? Where are we going to bury him? I don't know where I'm supposed to be buried. And, and you gotta all of a sudden it just becomes we gotta go meet these people and go to the funeral home and and meet the pastor and. And you got to get these pictures collected for the slideshow, like all this stuff, which in some ways is kind of good because it distracts you a little bit. But then you're not sleeping and you're you have long days. And then all of a sudden the service is over and it's like, wow, you know, yeah, and, and, and um, it's uh, all the all those different things that that I know each of these parents have gone through in different ways. So I, I say all that to say, Jay, don't apologize for don't apologize for leaving a voicemail. That's that's okay because I appreciate I appreciated anybody who who texted or called or or left a message or emailed or or whatever, whether it was the day of or the next day or yesterday. It's okay, and it's okay that you don't know exactly what to say because there there is nothing that anyone can say or do that's going to make you feel better. But the fact that you took the time and, and made a call. Me, that's that's what means something to us. Yes. Olivia, Keila, any last words? I have last words um, for Aaron and Martha um, and Keila. You know, this is something that the Lord has given us to share with other people, mm -hmm. okay? And um, it's, it's, sometimes it's tough and sometimes it's not so tough, you know? But I just wanna say thank you. Thank you for sharing your, your stories and stuff with me and with everybody who's listening on this program right now, okay? Thank you so much, because I know how hard it is especially with you who have recently lost loved ones. So I know, I know how tough it is, okay? Um, Akila, I have got to tell you this because I didn't get a chance uh, to tell you this. Um, Marcus, um, he was affected by Kareem to the point that he said that he would not, he would not. Um, get in a, a, a gang. He said that he would not because of what had, had happened to Kareem. 
And that that really, not only him, it impacted a lot of the kids at the church. So what the Lord laid on your heart to do, it worked for some of the kids at that church, okay, who I came in contact with. So know that, okay? And um, one more thing. When um, I, I have never had a Facebook page ever in my life, never wanted one, okay? But after he died, that was a, a platform for people to share with me a part of him that I did not know, okay? And they also, I also had sent out a message to Dominique who was over the youth and all of that to ask her to have the kids to write a letter to let me know their experiences that they've had with Marcus and how he affected their lives. I carry those papers with me today because that's a part of him that mm -hmm. I did not know. Mm -hmm. I did not know. Mm -hmm. And that's, and thank you, Jay. Keila Mack, what's your final words? Well, I want to tell the parents this, especially one to you all to know that Kareem, Kareem wasn't in a gang, but he had gang member friends. And I, uh, and I tell these kids, you know, that my son wasn't in a gang, but he had gang member friends. And, and I give him them his address now, which is in Greenwood Cemetery. I want to leave you all with this, and it's a scripture, if I may. And it's found in Lamentations. And it goes, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. His compassion fails not. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thou faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, save my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. So I just want to ask you all to keep your hope in Christ. He's got you. None of this was by mistake. Just as this platform tonight, none of this is by mistake. Each story that I have heard, oh my God, Aaron, God knew what he was doing because I'm going to be honest with you. Don't know if I could have been there and turned to look and he wasn't there anymore. Don't know if I would have been able to handle that. So I'm going to say to each one of you all, God thinks an awful lot of you. Don't think you're being punished. He thinks a lot of you. And he's letting you know you're stronger than what you have ever known. He never would have put this on you if he didn't think that you could handle it, if he didn't think that you would be able to do something with it, if he didn't think that you would be able to share it. You're stronger than what you think. And he put this on you so that others could see him through you all. And I thank God for your stars. And Jay, to you, I thank you because you pulled together some fantastic people who had some stories out of this world, literally out of this world. <laughs> Martha, thank you so much for your tears and your smiles through your tears. Aaron, thank you for your tears and how you choked up and but more than anything, how you opened your heart for us to really see who you are as a real man. Olivia, you've been through a whole lot and I thank you as well. And I hope and I pray that this will not be our last time being together. And may God continue to bless each and every one of you, your families, and keep on living 
because God got some work for you guys. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm thankful that you all would trust me enough to share on Jay's world. Um, I'm grateful we made it through it. I, a question or two into it. I didn't think I was going to make it through. <laughs> so I'm grateful that we did. Um, thank you all for stopping by Jay's world. Thanks for listening to Jay's world podcast. Jay's world is brought to you by 5G media and Gilmore financial services. Do you need your taxes done? Contact GFS at Gilmore Financial Services at Comcast.net.